This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode 61, and today we're talking Patty Jenkins, A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, and we're diving back into the mythology of Star Wars with part two, The Hero's Journey. Well, Adam, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. 2021 feels the same as 2020 so far. How's your 2021 going so far? <laughs> We're a couple of days in now. It's fine so far. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Good. How about good. yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, so far, so good. Yeah. I, I hope that it stays that way, you know, because <laughs> 2020 was a crazy year. And, and we're actually going to talk about that a little bit today. but. Um, before we get into that, what have you been up to this past week? Uh, I read a lot of uh, Test of Courage. Actually, I read all of it in a week, and uh, so I was plowing through that, trying to get ready for this week. Um, so that was that was all I've had a, a chance to actually read this week. And then, other than that, I started watching. I, I I got sucked into. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but it's a show on History Channel called The Curse of Oak Island and it's about a group of treasure hunters that have that are on this treasure hunt on, a, on an island in Nova Scotia, uh Canada and it mm-hmm. has it has really sucked me in. I have uh, watched about 7 seasons of that in the last week and a half. So uh I am I'm enjoying that a lot. It, it, it's pretty cool. Nice. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's making me thirst for some treasure hunting stories. Maybe get some Indian well, news this you, year. That'd be cool. I, I did add National Treasure um, to my Disney Plus watch list for mm. sure because I've been, I've been getting into the mood for that lately and yeah. then kind of wanting to replay the Uncharted games for some reason. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I like that sort of thing. What's been on your agenda this week? Um, well, we went to see Wonder Woman 1984 in the nice. theater, and I then I, 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 wa- I was wondering if you had or not. not, yet. not yet. Um, and then I watched it, uh, a good portion of it again on HBO Max and everything. Um, and then I've just been finishing up uh, season three of Ozark. I got to the end of that, and I'm anticipating season four whenever it comes out, um, because, you know, there's some crazy stuff that happened at the end of season three, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. But yeah, that's been about it for me. And um and talking about the new year and everything, you wrote a very wonderful article for um from a certain point of view dot com yeah. where you kind of addressed, you know, twenty twenty maybe not being the greatest year, but there's still being positives within twenty twenty and then looking forward to twenty twenty one. So I just thought we could talk about that a little bit and Yeah, so the impetus of that whole blog or blog post was really that 
you know, I, I said it kind of right up front that it's a, a number on a calendar doesn't make a doesn't make good or bad things happen, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, there seems to be this uh, insistence lately on putting ownership of good or bad things under under a gear, you know, uh, which I, I think is a little nonsensical because things don't change at midnight, you know, things don't. Right. reset at midnight and you know you don't it, it, it's not that type of thing you know um mm-hmm. we we deal with this stuff on a daily basis and this stuff is going to carry over and a lot of the things that we have been struggling with so hard this year are going to still be here you know and whether or not we've faced them that much these last couple of days uh they're still there. They're, 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 we're going to be talking about it. They're coming back. You know, uh, they'll be around. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I just don't want the focus to be on on those things because you know, there's no sense in ruining your whole year uh, for that type of stuff. Now, I know that people have faced a lot worse things than I have this year. Uh, but, you know, this past year, 2020, I've had my share of disappointments and and frustrations and being, you know, upset and I've lost people and I've lost uh, mm-hmm. important things in my life. And, uh, you know, just like, just like anybody else, uh, has, uh, you know, I've faced those things too. Um, but then 2020 was also a pretty amazing year for me. Um, you know, I, I I've talked about this on the show before the podcast has done well, you know, we've grown mm-hmm. in audience numbers and, We've met so many good friends uh, doing the show and doing some of the stuff around the show. Um, you know, specifically, I always think of that mock uh, presidential election debate that we did participated in with with uh, hmm. uh, Cam Ray and uh, uh, Megan from Nerd Herder and um, mm-hmm. uh, Backyard Tardis and Pizza and Parsecs and uh, Nathan uh, Foxman and uh, you know that was just so much fun and I got so close to those people and you know, they've grown to be super good friends. Our Discord server has just turned out to be you know an amazing place to hang out as Star Wars fans. It's no drama, it's just fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. and the people that I've got to know in there and because of that and watch parties and all the other stuff that we've started to do in in, in Discord has just been so much fun this year that I can't say that 2020 has been a, a bad year, you know? Uh, so, you know, in a nutshell, that's kind of what I talked about. And that's kind of where I was, was trying to go with that, you know, not really, uh, putting that ownership of, of a bad year mm-hmm. uh, onto 2020 itself, you know, trying to, trying to break away from that idea. Yeah, I can relate. I mean, you know, 2020 was definitely rough for me, too. I mean, you know, I went through, uh, you know, the whole panic attack and anxiety thing with with COVID and everything, which was not fun at all. It was one of the hardest things I had to get through this year. And um, we lost Brittany's mom and, you know, she passed away from a heart attack. And, you know, I lost a great aunt and a cousin as well this year. Not none of them were COVID related or anything, but, you know, just a lot of loss. but, but yeah, there was also a lot of great things about 2020, you know, um, just spending more time with family and friends. I mean, getting together with you guys and our other friends more frequently, 
um, has been great. And just having that time to do that. I got a lot of great takeout food too. So that was, <laughs> that was definitely a plus of <laughs> 2020. Um, sure, yeah. You know, we went on a couple of trips. We went to Virginia Beach. We went to Disney and it was Sydney's first time there. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of and we had a great season two of The Mandalorian. So there was a, a lot of great highlights in that in this year, even though there was some not so good stuff. So I think it's yeah. always good to have that perspective and, you know, try to see the positive in things and what you're grateful for. Yeah. So. And, you know, you mentioned Star Wars 2020 was a pretty great, great year for Star Wars, you know, mm-hmm. Um beyond just mando season two we had another season of clone wars we uh got started on we started out the year getting news about the high republic and then that's about Mm -hmm. to that's about to come that got delayed from last year that would have been a 2020 thing and we did actually get a a good bit of that stuff you know we got some you got like eight chapters of light of the jedi before the new year we got you know um some samples of of the other books that were you know there was a free sampler for high republic that was out and i kind of was on kindle and other things like that so you know we got Mm -hmm. that stuff and then we got mando we got those huge announcements on the investors call and you know it was a good year for star wars just outside of the life real life stuff so um yeah it, it can't say like like you said, it was a rough year, but I can't say it was a bad year uh, for me at least. Right. So. Yep. And lots of things to look forward to moving forward, especially um, with Star Wars as well. And um, be sure to check out Adam's article, Pyre to Fireworks, uh, on from a certain point of view dot com. And um, and heading into the future um, of Star Wars, we're gonna we're gonna head into our new segment right now. You want the bad news or the really bad news? So one of those future projects that we really have to look forward to is Rogue Squadron. Um, that's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins. And um, we got a little bit of news on this um, when discussing Wonder Woman 1984 with Collider. Um, you know, she she said um, that, that basically they're they're done with the treatment, the story treatment for this thing. And, and her quote was, um, it ends up being like where you're fairly close to a screen, a well long screenplay by the time I'm done with the, the, the treatment in my process. So yeah, we've been working on it for a while. It's going great. Super excited about it. Um, so yeah, that that's, that's moving along. And, you know, I, I know some people had some things to say about their reaction to wonder woman, 1984. And, you know, questions about, well, will Patty Jenkins still get her Star Wars movie and everything because a few people didn't like Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I got news for you. Yeah. I mean, she's still going to have this project and she's directing Wonder Woman three, by the way, too. Um, and you know, I personally liked Wonder Woman 1984. I didn't think it was the disaster that a, a lot of people were making it out to be. I thought there were some things in the story and the plot that were not my favorite and I could have done without, but, but I, I really enjoyed the character development and a lot of great funny moments and character moments and, and stuff in the movie. So, nice. um, so yeah, I think she deserves wonder woman three. And I think she, for the record, she deserves rogue squadron and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what she can bring to that. So, Oh yeah. There's no question about that. I mean, I, I, if, if any company based their 
future projects on what Twitter had to say, then we would just <laughs> get anything anymore. It would all be canceled. Yeah. There would be nothing. <laughs> no more new movies, Absolutely. nothing. Uh, yeah, no. Um, people forget that they can have an opinion that doesn't mean that people need to get fired. <laughs> so... And, and- yeah, I, I don't, and I I don't th- know where that's... I don't know why that is a thing anymore. Uh, I don't know if it's an it's just, entitlement or if it's uh, this weird feeling on social media that you're um, affecting a company's agenda or, or calendar with what you feel about <laughs> their, their last movie. I don't know. It's... It, it's yeah. Social media, I think, can can be empowering and maybe a little bit too much so when you start thinking that you have that much say in what's coming up on a company's slate. So, um, yeah, right. no, Patty's and not I, going anywhere, and I'm no. Rogue Squadron is still top of my list for Star Wars projects. I said that last month, and it's still true now. Uh, I haven't seen Wonder Woman 84 yet, like I said, uh, but I'm going to see it, and I'm looking very much forward to it despite what everyone says. So, uh, Patty's not going anywhere. I'm still excited. Yeah, and I mean, I really enjoyed the cinematic experience of Wonder Woman too, and it just feels like cinema, and it, it felt it was a lot of fun. And yeah, there are flaws, but you know, you can look past those. But I think I people need people... to remember. Yeah, go ahead. I just think that people need to remember too that any director too could have a weaker outing. You know what I mean, and still come back and deliver an excellent third movie in a trilogy, even. You know, so. Yeah. Um, you can't just cancel everything and everyone because some people didn't like what they did. <laughs> and I, I don't, like I said, I haven't seen it, so I don't know the reaction, but I, I don't, I, I don't know the specific reactions to what's, you know, negative out there. Mm-hmm. Yet. But yeah, I think some people forget that these are popcorn flicks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Critically. And I don't always agree with critics, but critically this, this seems to be doing pretty well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, very it's, good it's early, doing fine. Yeah, yeah. it got mm-hmm. very good early uh, reactions from a lot of people. And a lot of people post-release are still uh, very happy with it. So I don't... Yeah, and I think, it, I think it got a pretty good cinema score. And then as far as Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, it's fresh from the critics' point of view and from the fans. I mean, it's not as high as some other ones or maybe the first one. But, you know, it's, it's doing, doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not worried at all for... Rogue Squadrons. Yeah. Not one bit. Same here. All right. Um, Anything else on the Patty Jenkins story, or are you ready to review A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland? On The Test of Courage. I'm ready for that. All right. My disappointment in your performance cannot be overstated. So right up front, I want to let you all know this is going to be a spoiler-free review of uh, Justina Ireland's A Test of Courage. This is her uh, middle-grade entry to the High Republic series that is launching on Tuesday, actually, January 5th. We're just about there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is actually my first uh, introduction into the High Republic. Um, I am going to give you all some general plot and points but i don't consider any of these really spoilers um more of uh, what's kind of happening at a high level we're gonna i'm gonna leave out any of the you know big reveals or major details that type of stuff so uh if you haven't read uh test of courage by the time you listen to this you'll be fine to go ahead and listen to our review here 
But uh, Test of Courage is uh, mainly about uh, Jedi uh, Vernestra Rowe, who was a Miri Allen. Uh, and if you're familiar with Luminara and Dooley or Bear Sophie from you know Clone Wars or uh, uh, episodes two or three of uh, of the films, you would know what, what a Miri Allen uh, would look like. Uh, Vernestra is a Jedi Knight prodigy. She actually passed her trials at the age of 15, which is very young. Uh, so she's become a Jedi Knight very early. She's on her first mission here uh, in this book. She kind of feels like she's babysitting, you know, not doing very much important because she's uh, watching over a senator's daughter, Avon Staros, uh, who is a you know very fiery, independent uh, person. Uh, she's also good at tinkering with things, kind of has designs on being an inventor and, uh, you know, messes around with the, her droid programming and, and things of that nature. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're on, a, on board a luxury cruiser that's destined uh, for the dedication of Starlight Beacon. Uh, Starlight Beacon is about to open. There's huge hope uh, for what Starlight Beacon represents at this point in the story. Uh, it's you know kind of like the jewel of the republic. It's uh, something that's going to allow the Jedi the Jedi to uh, continue their mission of peace in the galaxy. So there's a lot of optimism around Starlight Beacon. Um, also present on the, on that cruiser are Jedi Master Douglas Sunvale and his Padawan Emery and a delegation from the planet Dalna uh, that includes Ambassador Weft and his son uh, Honesty Honesty Weft. Um, what's happening here is that the Republic's really kind of wooing uh, Dalna to join the Republic, and so you have the Ambassador joining uh, there. They're heading to Starlight Beacon for that, but they're also, you know, the Republic's also trying to get Dalna to join as well. Uh, but along the way, things go awry, and the four young characters, uh, which would be Vernestra, Avon, Emery, and Honesty, end up stranded on a little-known moon uh, that's inhabited only by very primitive wildlife there's also like toxic rains that happen every day there uh so they come to find out while they're on this planet that their predicament being trapped there is not an accident and they're set to the task of you know trying to avoid toxic rain every day uh, escape the moon and then also find out you know what or who uh, was the real cause uh, of their of their little accident sounds interesting yeah, yeah i'm interested yeah, no, it's I a, haven't read this yet, by the way. I, I yeah, have not. Right. And that's um, one of the reasons why I want to keep it spoiler free too, because uh, mm -hmm. I, I know that you're kind of working on uh, the Claudia Gray novel. Yeah, but, I, I um, dove into Into the Dark cause right, just because Claudia right. Gray is my jam. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's where I went first. Nice. Uh, well, that's where I'm heading next, actually. Uh, mm -hmm. But I actually enjoyed this a good bit. Um, Light of the Jedi, you know, we've heard so much talk about, you know, that's really the beginning of this story. Uh, the the main stuff happens there in Light of the Jedi. Uh, I didn't really have any trouble jumping into um, A Test of Courage right off the bat. I will say that, that there are uh, some references to what happens in Light of the Jedi. Uh, you know, it, it mentions the disaster. It mentions a few characters uh, that are, you know, kind of central to, to that story, I think. Uh, it didn't lose me, um, but, you know, be aware that if you start here, uh, there are those references. Uh, so if that bugs you, you might want to start with Light of the Jedi uh, and then come back to this. Yeah, you know, Adam, that's one thing that I was kind of wondering about. With the, Is there a certain order that we have to read these in? Because, you know, as I dove into Into the Dark, 
it, but it seems like these stories are all happening along a, a similar timeline because mm-hmm. Into the Dark is really about yeah. um, this Jedi Padawan that's going to be going to the Starlight Beacon and this disaster happens while they're on the way. Right. Um, and, and so it seems like you could pick any of these up and, Pretty much. and read yeah. them and still be okay. But I wasn't sure if there was a, a certain order. I mean, I think Light of the Jedi would yeah, be not, a I wouldn't, good I wouldn't start, say but, right. um, you know. Yeah, of these three, you know, in uh, Into the Dark comes out actually in February, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But of these three that are kind of coming out right right about now, uh, I, I think you could really jump into any of those three first. However, Light of the Jedi kind of highlights what is happening at large in the galaxy. And like you mm-hmm. mentioned with Into the Dark and then definitely with, uh, with A Test of Courage, those events are referenced, you know. Uh, so if you yeah. kind of already have an idea of what's happening, you know, what that big disaster is in Light of the Jedi, I think you'll be fine. Uh, but, you know, I, I think if you really want to go in order, probably Light of the Jedi would be first. Right. Okay. Uh, like I said, it's a fun story on its own. I really like the characters. I really enjoyed uh, Vernastra. I, I, you know, uh, I, I thought that was, I thought she's a great character. Uh, her relationship mm-hmm. with Avon is done very well. Uh, the emotional um, impetus, impetus for you know for the actions of uh, let's say Emery and Honesty, I thought were very well done. Um, you know, and and you know again without getting into spoilers, uh, those characters make some decisions, and uh, I I think that what happens earlier in the novel uh, is you know, really done well, uh, for a middle grade book, uh, to, you know, to, to expand on, on their feelings, what they're, what they're going through, and then ultimately the choices that they make. Uh, so I, I was pretty happy with that. Um, mm-hmm. and like I said, a couple of times, remember, remember, this is a middle grade novel. This is actually kind of below, you know, what you would expect from a young adult novel, you know, as far as, uh, d- difficulty and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but I think that there's still definitely parts of this novel that would attract uh, the interest of Star Wars fans of any age. So, um, you know, as long as you keep in mind that you're reading uh, a book that's really not intended for you, I think you're, I think you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there are a few things that I, I didn't enjoy so much. Some of the names I felt were a little not Star Wars, you know, they're kind of everyday names. Um, specifically honesty, uh, and, uh, Jedi master Douglas, uh, Douglas is just (laughs) Jedi master Douglas. (laughs) Yeah. That's just hilarious. Good old Jedi master (laughs) Doug. Um, Jedi Doug. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. Yeah. Those two in particular, I was like, eh, it's not my favorite, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, J six is kind of the main droid in the story. Uh, Pretty fun droid. I think it's maybe a little too familiar because, you know, kind of the level of, of sarcasm or sass uh, is really reminiscent of K2SO or L3. Uh, mm-hmm. So I got those vibes out of it. However, like I said, fun droid. I think for, you know, for the readers this is intended for, I think it would be, I think it'd be just fine. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and then going back to what I said before, remembering that this is a middle grade novel, I did feel the f- plot was a little thin. I, c- I felt like it could have been just a little bit longer. You know, this comes in at just over 200 pages, which I think for a middle grade novel is probably pretty good. However, yeah. 
I think a little bit more would have been okay. Um, I, I thought it wrapped up just a little too quickly at the end. Uh, the plot felt a little bit thin at times. Um, you know, like I said, I was trying to compare this to Lost Stars, I think, as when I went in, you know, without really mm-hmm. remembering that this is kind of like, uh, you know, even uh, an, an even younger audience. Uh, yeah, like middle versus young adult yeah 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 this is really like yeah this is like really middle uh you know like older elementary really middle school age middle school age Mm -hmm. young adult would probably be more like high school you know teenage thing um this is really younger than that so uh Mm mm-hmm you know, but honestly, I, I I did enjoy it. You know, even with those gripes, I, I'd probably put it like a seven and a half out of ten, somewhere in there. I think it's a great introduction mm-hmm. to the High Republic for a young audience. It's probably not going to start with Light of the Jedi. Um, I I think this would be a perfectly fine place to jump in. So I I enjoyed my time with it. Um, I went ahead and yeah, like I said, we we got the we got the uh advanced review copy but i went ahead and, and picked up a copy uh from my shelf just to have it just you know like i said before i want to get into all these stories and you know mm-hmm. uh, but that was a good way to do it so i enjoyed it um i think i i think people listening to this podcast would enjoy it um it's coming out we talked to uh we mentioned the release date it's coming out tuesday january 5th it will be on. Uh, it, there's a hardcover edition. It'll also have an ebook and an audiobook uh, version as well. So. Well, Adam, thank thank you for um, you know diving into this Justina Ireland story. Yeah, and, I had um, fun. I'm, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to to reading it after I finish Into the Dark. <laughs> um, yeah, and or Light of the Jedi. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. We're we're running into it because Light of the Jedi is going to arrive on Tuesday. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's so, coming quick. Yeah. But yeah, it was a lot well, of fun. Or- I enjoyed it. I th- I think, like I said before, listeners here will enjoy it. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it the hardcover is like twelve bucks. It's 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 not expensive, you know. And I I think it's I think it's worth that. So f- oh, yeah. definitely for me, I've been wanting to jump into every aspect of High Republic. So uh, it didn't disappoint me. I I had a lot of fun with it. Um, there, there's there's fun little references peppered in some of them i think are just you know kind of mentioning names just so you can go oh hey i know what that (laughs) what that is um Mm -hmm. but some of them are very fun and there's actually some pretty interesting historical uh historical aspects uh you know going even back farther than the high republic uh okay there's some pretty cool mentions in it so uh but without with without spoiling those spoiling anything fun yeah, things um, leave it at that yeah. yeah there's some there's some fun mentions uh going back farther in history so good to know yeah um yeah I, the one thing i really like about the high republic is like a clean slate you know we can all yeah. just kind of dive that's, into it from the beginning and yep. that's what they um, said this is a jumping in point and that's why i think that you know i don't think that there's a, a particular order for these or anything like that yet i mean obviously mm-hmm. there will be as we go forward um but yeah. as far as like these books coming out now, I don't think there's a particular order. This is just jump in, you know? Yep. All righty, sir. Well, are you ready to jump into the mythology of Star Wars Part 2? I am. Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. <laughs> 
So the hero's journey is something that's always been familiar to me, but I've never really dove too deep into it. I've heard of the hero's journey. I get the basic concepts of the hero's journey, like, um, you know, meeting some kind of supernatural aid and, and, you know, going along your journey and facing trials and then, and all these things. But I didn't really know exactly what it was until I really dove into this. Um, so the hero's journey can be summed up into three major sections or acts, if you will. Um, they are departure, initiation, and return. And Joseph Campbell's theory of common patterns in the plots of hero storytelling is also called the monomyth. So you might hear this called, you know, being called the monomyth as well. And, and George Lucas was really familiar with Joseph Campbell's work um, and his what he wrote as he kind of was influenced by them when he crafted Star Wars and his films. Um, and one thing that he said after doing American Graffiti, he said that it came to me that there was really no modern use of mythology. Um, and, and that's when, you know, back in mid seven, mid 1970s, when he really dove into Joseph Campbell and he dove into mythology. And you know, we already talked about how that um, ties into um, the works of Kurosawa as well. So um, this is just another thing that contributed to his Star Wars storytelling. Yeah, and he was already writing Star Wars by the time. And you know, mm -hmm. he, uh, mm -hmm. I, I read that you know, he he was basically going back and and he he started reading Campbell stuff, and then he kind of realized that he was already following some of these motifs after like the first yeah. draft, I think. Right. Of, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but he realized that he was already you know following these motifs, and that's when he started to you know kind of dive in deeper into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. And it's really interesting to see how all these things apply to the original trilogy specifically, but, um, you know, even a little bit the prequel trilogy and, and things like that. Um, and, you know, we can see these this hero's journey in many different works of um, literature or films about heroes. You know, what comes to my mind is um, Tolkien with Lord of the Rings. I mean, you have Frodo, who is the hero that meets Gandalf along his journey and Gandalf is kind of like that supernatural aid that, um, you know, teaches him and guides him and he goes through these trials and then eventually returns back to the Shire. Um, you know, so it, it kind of goes through that as well. And, and I think of CS Lewis with, um, uh, Narnia and, and those stories and, and even the matrix with Neo and, and Morpheus and, and Neo returning to source at, at the end of, the matrix trilogy. So, um, in, are there any other works that come to your mind when it comes to the hero's journey, Adam? I didn't want to no, go I mean, forward without asking I, you. No, I mean, those are, those are great examples. I, um, I think the, the only thing I'm, I'm really thinking here at this point is uh, this is Joseph Campbell's interpretation of a hero story, you know, mm -hmm. uh, yep. Tolkien and really even CS Lewis, you know, really wrote stuff, before Campbell was putting this stuff on paper. Uh, but it's kind of, you know, so even if, you know, they aren't particularly influenced by Campbell, this is kind of Campbell's interpretation of what makes up a, a story, you know? Yeah, I think that's really important to mention. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is... Yeah, this is more like a philosopher. A philosophy work. of yeah yeah and a, and a theory of how heroes' a theory, yeah, stories right. are told yep. Yep. basically yep. um 
So in Campbell's theory, there are 17 stages in the monomyth, but not all stories cover all 17 and or even happen in the same order necessarily. Um, So what I wanted to do is I wanted to explore some of these stages and how they apply to Star Wars. So I I did 12 out of the 17 because I felt like just 17 was too much and, you know, (laughs) 12 sounded better. Um, The the first one is the call to adventure. so what comes to mind when you think of the call to adventure in Star Wars, Adam? Well, I mean, initially, definitely Luke, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being called to train as a Jedi, you know, Obi-Wan calling mm-hmm. to train as a Jedi. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, you can go back to Anakin, you know, uh, mm-hmm. being called to leave Tatooine, to leave his mother, uh, train as a Jedi, Ray later on, you yeah. know. Uh, Mm-hmm. leaving Jakku, even though she doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's you know, in a nutshell, in the initial, you know, first parts of, of each of those chapters, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we definitely see that call to adventure in Star Wars. And then there's the refusal of the call. So, you know, that for me, that goes back to, to Luke saying, you know, I can't. I, 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 I I got work to do, <laughs> you know, um, and and just his kind of devotion to his aunt and uncle. And um, even though we know he wants to leave because we in one of the openings, first scenes with Luke, you know, he's sitting they're sitting around and enjoying their blue milk and, and talking about how Luke wants to go to the academy and everything. Yeah. Um, but he still refuses the call at first, you know, he tells Obi-Wan that he can't get involved. Um, he did get burned by that decision. (laughs) Um, uncle Owen and aunt Beru really got burned by that (laughs) decision. Um, for being honest here. Um, but yeah, pretty crispy. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, you know, ultimately after Luke sees that, he has nothing left. There's nothing left for him here on Tatooine. I'm I'm gonna um learn the ways of the force and become a Jedi like my father or his words to Obi-Wan now that he's seen his aunt and uncle are are, are gone. Um and then and then we have a stage called supernatural aid. So, you know, there could be a couple individuals that are involved in with supernatural aid in Star Wars. Um, you know, of course, I think of Obi-Wan mm-hmm. in A New Hope. Um, he knows the Force. You know, it's this supernatural thing that not all people can connect to necessarily. Um, and, you know, I, I always think of in the hero's journey, they're, they're being this guide, you know, they're, um, that takes our hero or the character along the first part of their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, any other types of supernatural aid that you can you think of when it comes to Star Wars? I think a force ghost, mm-hmm. but that that's you know that's not really going in order. But I, I, that's what that's what I. It think doesn't. I think yeah, and again, it doesn't. No, have I to know, go right, in order. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Keep that right. in mind. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. That's what I think of immediately. Hmm. You know, beyond the force. And, I mean, I I think of the force first. Yeah, and and even yeah, the force itself is supernatural aid that Luke learns to harness and. Um, also Yoda, of course, in the Empire Strikes Back, being a, a part of that supernatural aid, and even yeah. even going into Return of the Jedi. Um, so there's definitely that element. 
in, in Campbell's theory. And then we have what's called the crossing of the first threshold. And the quote that comes to my mind is, is you've just taken your first step into a new world, I think is what Obi-Wan tells Luke. Um, basically, I think this happens on the Falcon when Luke is trying to deflect those blasts from the um, remote with with the with the black shield down and everything. Um, Just taking first step into a larger world. Yeah. Um, so you know, Luke has crossed the threshold, crossed the first threshold. He's mm-hmm. left his home, his familiarity, what he's used to on Tatooine, and he stepped into this larger world. Um, so we definitely see that in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and then we have I think what's for me, the, the best road. example for that isn't actually Star Wars. It's Lord of the Rings with Sam leaving the Shire. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, if he takes one more step, it's the farthest from home he's ever it's been. Away so for from me, that's home the, he's ever yeah. been. For me, that's the, mm-hmm. the always the best example. That first thrust. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then we, we have what's called the road of trials. And I think in Star Wars, we, we see a lot of trials for Luke. You know, um, there's some trials that he has to face in A New Hope, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not only with rescuing the princess and with the the TIE fighters um, that are pursuing them after the Death Star and then, you know, trying to destroy the Death Star. And then even into The Empire Strikes Back, there's there's a lot of of trials and everything. Um, And. One that I thought was really interesting, and this doesn't come from Joseph Campbell's theory. This actually comes from Christopher Vogler, um, who, you know, there's there are different people basically with different interpretations of the hero's journey. And and he had one that was called Approach to the Inmost Cave. Yeah, this is um, something that really happens in philosophy. You'll see philosophers, you know, kind mm-hmm. of building upon works that have come before them, you know. Right. Uh, you know, so when you look at Christopher Vogler, that's probably something that happened there, being familiar with Campbell's theories and then theories that have happened, yeah. you know, they have kind of built on that. You know, that that's kind of kind of what happens in philosophy a lot is, you know, you see that mm-hmm. that building of theories is for sure. Um and of course the approach to the inmost cave for me is the literal cave on Dagobah. Um where Luke has this, I mean, he has this internal struggle going on because, um, you know, Yoda tells him he doesn't need his weapons. He takes them in there anyway. Um, and what he sees really is himself in, in the Vader, um, you know, suit and his, his face is exposed whenever he takes the lightsaber to, to his mask. Um, and it's just, I think for me, it's a look at what he could become um, if he would turn to the dark side, you know, if he would give into his fear or give into his anger or, or hate. Um, so it's this kind of internal conflict, which I think of as this inmost cave. I don't know if you have a different, you know, thought process on that or if you're pretty much with me. Uh, yeah, pretty much with you. I was just sitting here thinking, what, what do you think Anakin's inmost cave? And Hmm. Yeah, um, I think it's his fear of losing his mother. I was going to say the Tuscan Raider camp. The Tuscan, yeah, definitely, yeah, because at that point he he's even facing like 
and taking down women and children. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're, I think it's a pretty dark place right, for, you know, his, for him to go. Yeah, yeah. His darkest moments right there, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah definitely. And um, another one I wanted to point out with, with Joseph Campbell's theory is atonement with the father, which is something that's clearly in star Wars. Um, and this one is the hero must confront the father figure or slash villain and either Oak overcome them or reconcile with them in some way. Um, so I, I think this really points to the big reveal of, of who Luke's father is um, be, being Vader and him deciding, you know, not to turn to the dark side, him deciding not to, to go with him and he kind of takes that leap of faith then instead even more so in return of the jedi mm-hmm. absolutely seeing that mm-hmm. yeah i mean and i think i think he kind of overcomes vader in empire a little bit by jumping to whatever fate he's going to land in versus you know going to the dark side but then there's a reconciliation with the father in Return of the Jedi, where, both. You know, Luke, you know, I mean, yeah. he, he does kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, he beats him down. <laughs> oh, he does. That's true. He does overcome him, him physically. Again. I mean, so um, there's that again, yeah. and then yeah. you know, there's also mm-hmm. the reconciliation as well. Yeah, um, and and ultimately, kind of that redemption in a sense for right, Anakin right. Skywalker. Yeah. So um, this next one's pretty interesting too apotheosis is a stage in which a greater understanding is reached or new knowledge is acquired. Um, so not only does this happen at the end of empire strikes back with Vader, um, but it also happens in return of the Jedi. When, when Luke learns that his sister is Leia. Um, so I think that information knowing that, you know, Leia is my sister and, and, Anakin is our father. I'm not, I can't go and destroy this person. I have to redeem this person. I, I have to show the, the light within that's still present, you know, that um, Padme told Obi-Wan about in Revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, there's still light and there's still good in him. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think that knowledge that he gained is really huge when it comes to what Luke ends up doing. T- to overcome evil in the end, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then we have, and here I just put the word return, um, (laughs) because literally the third movie in the trilogy is called return of the Jedi. Um, so smack dab right, right there. It's obvious. Um, and you know, he returns to Tatooine, um, to, to rescue Han and everything. And it wasn't a place that he thought he would go back to. Um, you know, but and he even comments about that in Return of the Jedi, saying he, he never thought he'd come back to this place. Um, but he you does know, the return. The thing about Star Wars, I was thinking about this, and and you mentioned you know he does go back to Tatooine, but not, not, none of them actually end in a return. You know, none of them actually end right by going back to where they started. You know, mm-hmm. which is usually kind yeah. of a hero thing, but none of them actually do that. Yeah, it's interesting if we look at these kind of final. Um, stages in this monomyth. Um, mm-hmm. There is this return, but then beyond that return, there's something more because they gain some kind of knowledge um, or experience or gain something that allows them to be this new person in the world. 
and right. in, in, in contributing to the world in a different way. Now in Tolkien, um, that very much does happen. In C.S. Lewis, that mm-hmm. happens. You know, there's an actual mm-hmm. physical return. They go back. Yeah. They, they live out, you know, most of their life back back where they started, and you know, things have mm-hmm. changed. Uh, but that that doesn't really happen in Star Wars, which I think is interesting. Yeah, very much. Um, so. The magic flight, I like to think about the um, Aladdin. The whole return. Oh, sorry. What's that? No. Yeah, I think of uh, Aladdin. Um, okay. But I also think of <laughs> that awesome scene we get in Return of the Jedi where, um, you know, the green lightsaber comes out of R2 and they, they're rescuing Han and everything. Um, this one basically is summed up as after the hero returns, he might need to escape with a boon. Um, quote unquote. I'm guessing that's some kind of prize. Yeah, it's um, a prize treasure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, treasure yeah. that is yeah. being jealously guarded. So you know, I, I think of Jabba guarding Han, his prized possession, frozen in carbonite, and on his um, the hero has to return to save him. Yeah, yeah, um, and and they need to escape, obviously, as well. So I, I think it's just a, a, amazing to me how you know, Joseph Campbell's theory of this hero's journey, really, you can really see it play out in, in the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, no, it's um, pretty obvious uh, that George was reading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Um, and then, like you mentioned, kind of in Star Wars, we go beyond the return. Yeah, so we have the right. crossing of the return threshold. So the hero might need supernatural aid again to learn how to share what was learned with the world. Um, so, so I think this is where we get Yoda kind of talking to him about passing on what he's learned. Um, okay. You know, that, that's, that's like his, it's almost, you know, when you think of the great commission in the Bible, um, Jesus telling his followers to, to pass on what they've learned basically and, and go out and reach out to people and save them, tell them the good news. Um, you know, we have luke who is going to pass on what he's learned he's going to pass on his jedi knowledge and eventually start his own jedi temple um yeah but he still needs What's he grogu? still needs yoda to tell him that mm-hmm. and, and grogu yeah yeah, yeah. And, and grogu's getting out of that temple before anything <laughs> happens with ben solo slash kylo ren i'm telling you that right now um but yeah so we have the crossing of the return threshold and and then we have finally the freedom to live and I, I noted here, and to live without fear of death. Um, and and I think we see this when Luke is on the Death Star 2 and the Emperor is basically threatening his life. He throws down his lightsaber. He knows he's about to get juiced with a bunch of uh, force lightning. Um, and he yeah. just accepts death at that point, you know, versus turning to the dark side. So he is he doesn't have that fear of death. Um, and then also living in the moment the freedom to live in the moment. I mean, Yoda always tells him you're always looking to the future, um, to the horizon, never your mind on where you are and what you're doing. Um, that was one of the major lessons that Yoda was trying to teach Luke to live in the moment. Um, so this freedom to live is also about living in the moment to live without the fear of death. Yeah. So, um, I would toss Ben Solo into that. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and he at the end lived without the fear of death and lived in the moment. You know, he made that choice in in the moment, and he, uh, you know, he he saved Ray with that. 
Absolutely. Where I would go with. Yeah, and I think we can see a lot of these stages and of the monomyth really can tie into a lot of different Star Wars films. And um, you know, I, I was yeah, specifically sure. thinking original trilogy, but there but there's also a, lo- a lot of these elements and other Star Wars stories. Oh yeah, definitely. Characters. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, we talked when we talked about Kurosawa, we we we, we talked a little bit about the prequels and I remember you had mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, the sequels don't really maybe follow that type of you know, inspiration. But when you but when you look at them in this sense, you can see you can see these things echoed there too. Mm-hmm. And and maybe that's cuz I remember you had mentioned that they they kind of more echo the original films more than they echo anything, you know, specifically else. You know, but that right. I think that is kind of carried through in some way, you know. Mhm. Yeah, certainly. Oh. And and you know, and and I think we're going to see more of Kurosawa influence when we talk about the Mandalorian in in our next um mythology part 3. But um you know, for some reason I I just find it fascinating when we look at Kurosawa and the influences on Star Wars like we did in part 1 and then we look at Joseph Campbell's theory, the monomyth, um, and how it really ties into it too. I'm just blown away by it. And I, I really, I think this makes for just excellent universal storytelling. I think I'm so drawn to the hero's journey. Like I love films like the Lord of the Rings and star Wars. I love that hero's journey story. Um, for some reason, it's just like built into me <laughs> or something. Yeah, so yeah. I really love diving into this stuff and, and looking at, at the, at how this uh, how the mythology of of Star Wars can can be seen on screen yeah, absolutely so. yeah and I was reading about the hero's journey and I wanted to toss this up before we finished up here but you know mm-hmm. again you know we mentioned this at the top of the segment but this is a theory you know uh and you know, philosophers have detractors and Campbell had his own set of detractors that you know this isn't like a be all end all you know for how these things are supposed right. to play out you know and uh, we mentioned that at the top but I just want to you know, remind everybody of that. And this is this is a theory. If if you don't see Campbell in, in, in everything Star Wars, that that's fine. You know, it, it, but when you start breaking it down and you see, you know, how George kind of used this almost as like inspiration for the stories that he was going to tell. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of the important thing to take away uh, from any of these mythology segments. Absolutely. It's just, I think it's just fun to, to look at what those yeah. influences were and yeah, because once you start they, looking at these influences, out. you really see, mm-hmm. you really see them in, in the story, you know, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like we start listing through these 17 stages or 17 yeah, stages, I guess they were called. Uh, and, and we didn't go through all 17, but I'm sure if we did go through all 17, we could probably pick out something, you know, uh, for the rest. But, you really see these come out in the story. I think that's the main takeaway from from all these mythology segments. It might all might, you know, you might not see Kurosawa and everything Star Wars, you know, uh, and that's fine. Um, but we're kind of looking to see what, you know, what what really inspired these stories, and there was a lot of Campbell inspiration in you know all of George's Star Wars stories. Indeed. So 
stay tuned for part three coming soon. I'm just glad you're here. At the end. Thank you for tuning in to episode 61 of From a Certain Point of View. Remember to subscribe to the show with your favorite podcast app. If you're on one, such as uh, Apple Podcasts, that lets you leave a review, please do so, because that helps us get out to more people and also helps us you know, know what, what to do more of, what to do less of. Uh, so make sure you leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Remember, uh, our watch parties are continuing, even though we uh, don't have any more Mando episodes to watch. Uh, we didn't actually, because of the holiday, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, didn't get to have a watch party this past week, so we're going to uh, watch the Disney Gallery, uh, season two uh, episode, this coming Thursday. So make sure you're in the Discord server uh, to take part in that. Check out the website from a certain point of view.com. We mentioned the blog article I wrote at the top of the show, uh, but there's also uh, a few others that you should really check out. Kyle Scully has been doing some pretty cool work for us. Uh, he has done another new, uh, weekly news roundup that you should check out, and he also started a new uh, series that he's working on called A Positive Force, uh, where he just is wanting to highlight some of his favorite things about Star Wars, and he started out with lightsabers. So check out his lightsabers article. Uh, on from a certain point of view.com you can get in touch with us on our socials which are uh, twitter and instagram are both at certain pov pod the facebook page is from a certain point of view our discord server links are in the show notes and on the website our email address is certain pov pod at gmail.com and we are hosted by anchor.fm where you can leave us a 60 second voicemail uh, if you want to get in your thoughts about you know, Campbellian theory and Star Wars. Uh, go really, go really deep on that in 60 seconds. We'd love to play that on the show, uh, or anything else. If you're listening to past episodes, we'd love to play any voicemail that you want to send. We'd love to play it on the show. Remember to check out Red5Network.com. There's a ton of great shows on the Red Five Network. That is our home on the podcast in the podcast world. Everything from Star Wars to anything else geeky you can find it on the red five network you should really check out all those shows uh you can find me on the internet at the gauze 85 or on uh you can find me on the internet on both uh, twitter and instagram at the gauze 85 josh where can they find you you can find me on twitter at jedi jar jar 1722 and on our youtube channel make sure you subscribe to from a certain point of view and my wife Brittany and i actually recently did a review of wonder woman 1984 that's on that. our that's, youtube that was channel. awesome thank so, you it must just you. be me she's she's okay jumping on youtube with you she, she doesn't want to get on the show with me oh she's just she's just nervous about getting on here with you you know <laughs> i would perform, call nervous <laughs> performance anxiety um <laughs> No, but, but yeah, I, I thought she did a great job, and I really enjoyed doing she the did. review she with her. Awesome. So, um, awesome. yeah, we, we have a spoiler-free segment, and then we kind of go into spoilers. So make sure you check that out and stay tuned to our YouTube channel for further content, um, Star Wars and non-Star Wars. Thank you again so much for joining us, and remember that until next time, everything we said today was true. From a certain point of view.